Welcome to Pivoting to Web3. Our experiences, opportunities, limitations, and downward spirals with guests and our hosts are going to be vulnerable to you, our audience. We're looking forward to talking to you, sharing with you, and getting educated. So once again, this is Donna Mitchell, host of Pivoting to Web3. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And today we have a special guest at Pivoting to Web3. We have Noble A. Dracone, and Noble Dracone is definitely a disruptor in the music business. He is also a published author, board member, and founder of several NFT projects. And I'm not going to introduce any more because there's just so much that he is doing in the Web3 space, blockchain projects, making money, got all kind of disruption going on. So I'm going to turn it over and say hello to Noble. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the broadcast and the podcast and anything that I can offer you to expose everything that you are doing in this day and time. So thank you for being here. Noble, say hello to the audience and the audience listen carefully to Noble. Guys, hi Donna. Thank you so much for having me on. I always always appreciate talking with you. Like we like we said, you know, in the in the in the pre-talk, I love how authentic you are. You come across with such grace and poise, but you keep it real. So I was so happy to be on the podcast with you. Oh, thank you so much. And I've enjoyed all our conversations. So let me tell y'all what's really been going on. Noble is up in here with a program and a project and the blockchain side and NFTs while things are really happening out there on the West Coast, because I'm really here on the East Coast. Y'all don't know who you're talking to yet, but I'll give you a little bit more before we get to that. But with Noble, he's doing some big major things. What I'd like to know and what we want to know, Noble, is how did you end up first getting into the blockchain NFT area? How did that happen? You know what? It it was really random in some respects. Uh, A good friend of mine, I... That I've known for almost 25 years plus, he introduced me to augmented reality, and he showed me. You know, he took out his little tablet, his Apple Apple tablet, pointed it at a uh, Red Bull can, and on the screen, a little mini a an AR skate park popped up. Then he took two more Red Bull cans and then put it around in different skate parks and, and showed up all in augmented reality with just a tablet. And this was 2017. It completely blew my mind. Wow. Now I did, yeah, it, it, I was shocked. And I, in the past, I dabbled with uh, Bitcoin when it first came out. And so I bought Bitcoin when it was for the first time when it was like 380, it was like almost $380. And I bought about 10 Bitcoin because being a trader, I, you know, I like new things and I like the, the, the hotness of things. And at the time, Bitcoin went from $380 to over $1,800. And you guys see my books. I've been a futures Forex commodities trader going on almost 30 years. And so I was really excited that this new kind of trading item was out. But when it hit $1,800, I couldn't believe that this digital, you know, nothing, this token that I didn't even understand the real full concept of could actually be worth more than gold. And so when I got $1,800, I sold out all my Bitcoin. I made 6X on my money. So I wasn't mad at all. And, uh, and then Bitcoin dropped to $900. And I didn't even think about it again. I thought that was the end of it. And so a buddy of mine called me up uh, about a year and a half later. It was, it was uh, near Christmas time. He goes, oh, have you heard of Bitcoin? I was like, oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. 
He goes, no, Bitcoin is $9,000 a token. Ooh. And I was blown away. I was like, this is ridiculous. So uh, he convinced me and got me into learning how to mine Bitcoin. So I started mining Bitcoin. And uh, of course, Bitcoin did his first, you know, for me, another big drop. And uh, so my next foray was into the world of uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. So I built a whole entire gaming company around it. And at the same time, I was mining uh, Bitcoin and Litecoin and some other uh, tokens, BCH. And that was kind of my foray almost the last I guess, six years now, uh, being back into blockchain, being black, back into the technology and really understanding what's going on uh, and really where the world is heading. And, and so that's kind of how I got like reintroduced the last six years into uh, NFTs and Bitcoin and blockchain and um, you know, I don't know if anybody remembers, but um, I, the, the there's a whole entire uh, cat uh, emerging uh, NFTs that first came out mm-hmm. that got me excited. So there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that kind of pulled me in and it caught my imagination. So, so I love trading just to do this full time. So so this is really exciting, but I want to go back just a little bit because everybody may not understand what exactly is the mining. What is mining in this world? Let's explain that to the audience. Can you give us a brief on it? Not a full education, yeah. but a brief. Just break it down. No, no, I'll, give a, I'll give a brief. You know, what people don't understand is that Bitcoin is a mathematical formula. And you have to get your computer to determine that mathematical formula before you can actually get a Bitcoin. And in the beginning, it was easy to do that. And every four years, it becomes more difficult. It gets cut. The formula becomes twice as difficult or four times as difficult every four years. And so when you mine, you just set your computer up to do two things. It passes transactions back and forth for Bitcoin. And at the same time, it's running that mathematical formula in the background to do that passing back and forth. And when it succeeds, you get a Bitcoin or a fraction of Bitcoin, depending if you're passing Bitcoins back and forth. And so that's it. We we just did simple mining. And there's a lot of uh, tokens that still do mining that that let you let your computer do a mathematical formula in the background. And when it succeeds, you get a coin. Thank you. I'm sure everybody needed to understand that because for a while, blockchain, people didn't understand it really is a ledger. Is that correct? So there's two components to that, but yes, it's a, if you, anybody knows or, or hates accounting like I do, even though I have a finance degree, it's literally double entry bookkeeping that people can see permanently. That's really just the power of blockchain. Everyone tries to make it more complicated, but for the first time ever, there's independent double entry bookkeeping that's happening. That's why it's been revolutionary. You don't need accountants sitting in the background determining what went out, what came in, and then try to match it up. It's all being done automatically. So you're absolutely right, Donna. It, that's the power of the DLT. And it's a hologram, right? Because every component of blockchain is reflective in every single computer that's connected to that blockchain. So if one goes down, it's unimportant because it's still connected to a network of computers that are doing verification. And that's really the power of it. And that's why we're going to have Noble back sometime because we're going to learn a lot from Noble. But let's get back to what he's doing right now today. So we got a little bit about your past. So what is going on currently that you like to share with us that nobody really knows about? And it's something really big, I think. Isn't it really something that we need to know and be aware of what you disrupt in now? Yeah, the, dis- the disruption is twofold. Uh 
give you give you I gotta give you a little history so that you guys can understand where my passion is thank and why you. thank you this is, like why this is the masters because pa- passion you know people have to understand that when we do these projects uh it takes a lot of time energy and effort and passion is the only way to kind of get over the humps when things don't work out the way you expect them but allow things to happen so my family uh since uh or one branch of the family since the 1850s have been jazz musicians. I just saw my cousin, Charlie Gabriel, uh, for his 91st birthday, and he still performs in Bourbon Street uh, uh, at Preservation Hall. And he put out his an album about a year ago uh, called 89. And we've had a ton of musicians in our family for years. And so I've always been involved with music or some form of fashion uh, my entire life. And back in the late 90s, I got what was called the press and distribution deal, which mm-hmm. allowed us to sell CDs through uh, Universal. And they would press them up, they would distribute them as long as you marketed them, you get a certain amount of profit. And at the time, this was back in 1998, 1997. And at the time, I really wanted to understand the music industry because a lot of my family members had been basically taken advantage of over the years because they didn't really understand their uh, royalty rights. They didn't understand how royalties function. They didn't understand uh, the value of the royalties and how that was generational wealth. They basically give it up signing bad deals. And so I really took a deep dive and learned how music royalties work. And I discovered that you as an individual could actually invest and or buy into music royalties because oftentimes these transactions are done one-on-one in-person uh, side deals and if they don't come to you they go to loan sharks or they go back to the music labels and basically are being loan sharked on their music royalties you know because if you're living a million dollar lifestyle but you're only generating a hundred thousand or fifty thousand a year in royalties well where's the money going to come from and so people are willing to sell their future in order to live an expensive lifestyle now. And so I learned that there are so many different ways for royalties to be generated and income to be made. And when the blockchain came up and I started understanding what you, what you just hit on, Donna, that distributed ledger technology can basically prove how money goes in and out, it immediately became evident to me that the blockchain was a perfect marriage for music royalties and to kind of dispel a lot of the confusion, myths, and misunderstandings for both the musicians and their fans. And that was the trigger. And so we created a company called Band Royalty to allow fans for the first time realistically to connect with their favorite artists on a more business level and to share, vote, and operate where they can connect with them at a music label that is 100% designed to be on blockchain and be a part of the evolution growth of these musicians and see how royalties can impact a music label that's all blockchain focused. And so Band Royalty uh, came into fruition about two years ago to do that. Outstanding. Wow. What a what an accomplishment and a story. So what keeps you up at night? Can you share with us, like out of everything that you've accomplished and everything that you see happening in the Web3 arena and AI and everything that's going on on the public, are there certain areas or certain things you do think about that kind of keep you up at night? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I started this path of being in the blockchain and really understanding what was happening, 
there's a couple things that I knew were going to be evident long before uh, people saw. And I, and I, I, you know, I don't know how people are with their spirituality, but the one thing I always pray for is discernment and the ability to be able to see what is happening now and then be able to project to the future and what these things could potentially look like. And so when I started Band Royalty, the first thing that I saw and realized that was going to happen was that artificial intelligence was going to be a, play a big part. Before there's chat GPT-3, there's chat GPT-1. And I remember when it first came out and it was oh. a nonprofit company and you could actually play around with it. And it was not very smart. And I saw chat GPT-2. And this is all while I was building my been a reality company. And I realized as I was integrating with it that Alexa, Siri, you name it, were all designed to feed into the ability for AI to function. And oh. that was going to be the number one direction things were headed. So when ChatGP3 came out and the company went from being a nonprofit to being private, I realized immediately that the future for music was heading on two really highly negative trajectories. The first is that if AI becomes prolific, we immediately are going to see a inundation of basically dead musicians performing Ooh. new albums. And we saw a little bit of it when we saw Tupac as a hologram performing live with Snoop Dogg at Coachella. We, that was kind of our first taste of the past encroaching on the present. And the second thing that really hit me was that if AI becomes prolific and, and really allows former popular musicians to be utilized in a way that's producing income now for their states or anybody who owns their likeness or owns mm -hmm. those vocals, we have a serious problem for independent artists ever finding any oxygen in this marketplace. Because if you're a record label, let's say Sony or Warner Brothers or any major label, why would you spend any money on an independent new artist when you can just buy the vocal recordings or license the vocal recordings of Frank Sinatra or Drake or whoever's hot on the charts right now and just spin up a thousand songs? There's no artist to take care of. There's no artist to pay. You paid a licensing fee and, it, it, and it's great and you're good to go. And unfortunately, there is no union for musicians. Really? Unfortunately, there is no direct union. There's nobody who fights for musicians in that unionized way. That's why there are no protests. SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, and the wow. Writers, yeah. the, Writers Act, the Writers Guild, they figured out that AI was going to ruin them. And that's why there's protests. There's no more TV shows. There's no more movies coming out. Everyone's like, you guys got to come to the table. You cannot use my likeness once and forever. But because there's no real unionization of musicians, there's not been a halt to all music. Like there's been a halt to all video, visual entertainment. Mm -hmm. But SAG, the Writers Guild, they've got it right, unfortunately. They get that this whole thing is a house of cards the moment you allow AI to become your creative body. And that means there's going to be a stagnation of culture across the board if independents and independent musicians and companies like Band Royalty don't step up to give not only a voice, but a space for independents to start functioning. And even modern and current artists that may be out of favor with the labels to now be able to put their music, distribute their music and have a whole independent track 
to participate in blockchain and kind of fight the noise that's going to happen uh, just right around the corner. I don't know if you've even heard the new Michael Jackson songs or the new Frank Sinatra songs, but you can pull them up on YouTube. They're singing modern songs, they're collaborating with modern artists, and it's a, it's a, it's crazy. Yeah, some of the uh, shows that you have out with the holograms and songs and different things are really falling into play, but I didn't know as much as you just revealed to us. So with that said, and everything that you're doing and your insight, what would make the future your wish list? What would it be? What should it look like? What what should happen at this point? Do they unionize, not unionize? Is it too late? Where where do you see it really going where it would be a positive influence and 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 the response and mass adoption if you had your wish list? Yeah, if I had my wish list, I believe that there being uh almost no uh independent artists that would take their social media audience for granted. They would figure out a way to bring those their social media influence on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, you know, Twitter, whatever is the, the, the hot social media of the time and realize that it's time for them to convert those social media, social media uh, connections into consumers and that those artists start focusing on selling direct. It's time for artists to take control of their brand and band royalties focus has always been to show musicians how to take control of that brand and then put themselves on the blockchain individually. So when someone comes on board with us, we create for a musician their own segment on the blockchain. And that's a whole other conversation that allows their music and their creatives and visuals to all stack so their fans can find them. But they're segmented out on the blockchain. So they're not just grouped along with everybody else. And that's a massive difference in controlling your brand. And so we really look forward to to working with musicians and really showing them that brand control has to be front and center for the, the whole entire Web3 world. And as the metaverses start evolving and they start integrating with day-to-day life, they have to realize that a digital twin of themselves uh, on the metaverse and in the internet or, or on blockchain has to be created and they have to really be in control of it. And I, I think that's the, my biggest wish list is that musicians take control of their brand and then take control of what they understand as their licensing and royalty abilities. So as we go forward and, and we keep advancing in the technology and everything that's happening, are there any other projects or something new that you want to share before we, um, close or start talking about how people can reach you? It seems like you would have something back collar or something somewhere that you just ain't telling everybody. So I want to know what it is. Can you give us a sneak peek of what <laughs> okay. else you got going on? So, I mean, I could, I could talk, we, you, we just have to get back on. I could talk about all the components of it, but I will say this. One of the things that we're doing that's kind of unique is uh, you see it all the time. I think Justin Bieber uh, just recently uh, did a sellout of one of his songs and uh, he's giving his fans like 0.001% share in his royalties. And that's, I mean, that that's great. You know, his fans get a chance to participate and, and be a part of it, but it, it's going to take 69 years before they ever see their money back uh, at such a low royalty rate. Wow. What, 
we've done and what we always focus on doing is is treating it a little bit different. And, and like I said, our focus is being a music label. And so we believe that the power is just the way Sony did it and Warner Brothers and Universal is aggregating and acquiring full-blown catalogs, uh, just like uh, uh, all these major mu- music companies have done over the years. And the catalog becomes a support, the real-world asset for mm-hmm. any tokens, any NFTs, and it's an aggregate, and people are receiving voting tokens to be able to determine on uh, how to participate and how to participate and and drive the growth of the music label on chain. So I think that the idea of just giving people royalties is kind of stunted. I think that people want to be a part of and participate with the artists and their growth and development. And the only way to do that is to create almost like a DAO structure, which allows people to receive tokens that let them vote in the ecosystem, find new artists. And that's really the, the focus of band royalty. The, the royalties exist and they're going to support the ecosystem, but the power is in giving a voice to the fans and creating a label that's for musicians and their fans to work together because the corporates, they don't, they could really care less about the fans, to be honest, and they could care less about the artists. The goal for corporations is to do one thing, which is turn a profit, whatever that profit looks like and however it looks like. That's why all the music labels no longer have A&R. They wait for somebody to get popular on TikTok or YouTube, and then they go hound those guys to the point of them signing contracts. But nobody, no artist is truly in development in any of the majors. And now with AI, the the only thing that uh, the corporations Mm -hmm. are going to probably look to do is make AI musicians. And those AI musicians will be the only playful that they, quote unquote, develop. But as far as individual artists, that's not really the focus. So our goal is to really just be a, a company that focuses on combining the fans and the artists together to create a music label that's authentic and that's supportive of classic artists and new artists coming up mm-hmm. and just giving a voice and space for them. So before we go, I want you to explain, if you don't mind, DAO, because a lot of people may not know what a DAO organization is, even though you and I do. So mm-hmm. you have... It's, such- it's, it's so simple. I mean, it, it, you know, when people partic- participate in crypto projects like Ethereum or Bitcoin or Solana, they buy the tokens and everyone's speculating. You know, we, we can all talk fancy talk and we realize everybody's just hoping for a 10x, 100x, a 10,000x return. But a DAO is when you receive the tokens, they can be used to vote and they can give a voice to each one of the people who are participating. And so the tokens allow you to go beyond just speculation but to actually have a voice and drive it forward. So I think that we can get complicated with the language, but the activity is, is, is this, the same. You want to have a voice and you want to be a participant in the products that you invest, that you either you want to invest in or in products that you want to participate in, then you can go beyond just speculation. You can actually be of help to your projects and you can be of service to your projects by having a certain set of tokens that lets you participate in the growth function and operation. And that's really the function of the idea of a DAO. I'm sure that was very helpful. So how can people reach out to you? How can they reach you? And uh, how can they just really connect and get to know more about what you're well, doing? I, I would tell you, the, the, the first and foremost, you you know, Donna, you got to be a gatekeeper. I don't want random people getting a hold of me. 
So I always tell people, you know, if you've done introduced you and you saw this webcast, reach out to Donna first. Okay. But if you really need to get a hold. If you really they need gonna, to get but a they're going to go to the, now they're going to go to pivoting the web three, um, our our podcast site. And so you didn't put down any LinkedIn or anything for anybody. Oh, I did. I put LinkedIn. I put it. I put in my LinkedIn. Okay. I put in okay. my Instagram. You okay with LinkedIn? I put in everything. I put I put in everything. But I'm just going to tell you, I've got uh, <laughs> thirty thousand connections, another thirty three thousand plus followers on LinkedIn. So I get inundated all the time in my LinkedIn box. Sometimes people reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, I barely know how to use it. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm pretty good at reaching back. So you can reach out to me on Instagram. LinkedIn is really the best way to message me, to be honest, because okay. I, I, I trust it and I use it all the time. Okay. Uh, you can find me on TikTok. You can find me on, uh, where else? Uh, Telegram. Okay. Well, we, don't fall, we don't want them falling through the sauce, neither. I might need to be the gatekeeper. You is right, because you too busy. That's, you that, that's, busy. What, that's why I told <laughs> That's why I said we need Donna to be the gatekeeper, because okay. it's not that I don't want to talk to you, but it'll be, I'm, I'm going to tell you now, I get, uh, several hundred emails a day, and I and I got I get what a hundred plus connection requests a day on uh, a LinkedIn. It, okay. People reach out to me, and I always want to try and get to them in a timely fashion. So I'm if you if I don't get you reach out to me, and I don't respond the same day, don't take it personal. Is all I'm saying. Okay, and if you all want to reach out to me, you know to reach me at pivoting to Web three podcast, and I'll make sure. After we chat and I be the good gatekeeper, because trust me, I want to keep Noble in my little hip pocket <laughs> being his. OK, he's got a lot going on and we always want to know what's happening and what time. So we're going to have the hot tips and this way we can know what's happening even before it hits the street and disrupt. So thank you so much, Noble Dracon. This is Pivoting to Web 3 and Donna Mitchell. And I'm sure you learned a lot in this podcast and I'm here to serve. So we all are going to shape tomorrow together. And thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you, Donna. Have a good day. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Pivoting to Web 3 at pivotingtoweb3.com. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that it gets to you with every episode that comes out. We have lots of great opportunities, limitations, and downward spirals being revealed by our guests. And thank you in advance for all your reviews and comments. I appreciate you so much. I look forward to serving you in the next week's episode.